This is the Life Church Podcast. For more messages, to watch our live stream, or to find other events, go to lifechurchnow.org. Uh, I do not have a guitar in front of me or a piano, any, any of that stuff. Uh, I'm actually going to give the message because Pastor Chris did such a wonderful job leading you guys into worship. Uh, so we're going to talk about Joshua. I have the same name as Joshua, so I've been very um, interested in Joshua's story in the Bible and just how he lived this amazing life uh, of living a life of courageous faith. Before I dive in to the message today, I really want to thank you guys for your generosity. Uh, we seriously can't do any of this without your faithful giving here at Life Church. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to give to this church, you can visit our website, lifechurchnow.org. Well, again, my name is Joshua. That is why we are talking about Joshua today. I thought it was fitting. If I hadn't had a chance to uh, meet you, I am the husband of one wife. Her name is Courtney, the father of three sons, Beckett, Liam, and Jude. And I have been on staff here at Life Church for almost six months, which is crazy because it really kind of feels like yesterday when I was, uh, when I was here. And it was like, like when I started, it's been six months, which is awesome. So we're going to dive in. Um, Joshua, I also go by Josh. I also go by J Mize or J Dog. Those are my rapper names. Um, but you can call me Joshua or Josh. You can call me any of those names. Um, how many of you guys heard of Joshua in the Battle, in, in the battle of Jericho? I'm sure all, all, maybe most hands are being raised. If you've never heard of it, um, it's a Sunday school classic. And, um, you know, it's that song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. And the challenge with that song as a kid is trying to not fall down on your friend after that, you know, after the song and try not to hurt your buddy next to you. Um, but it's a classic story. I remember the velvet boards in my Sunday school class with Joshua and all those Bible characters. Um, but we're going to talk about how he displayed such an amazing, uh, radical um, life of courageous faith. Uh, Joshua was Moses' apprentice. And so Moses, uh, if you don't know, Moses was uh, at this time the greatest leader that Israel has ever seen. Uh, let my people go, the Ten Commandments, Charlton Heston. Moses was a man who led the children of Israel out of slavery, out of the grip of Pharaoh. Uh, by the power of God, he parted the Red Sea and everyone went through and the water collapsed on the Egyptians. And so that's Moses. Uh, and so Joshua was an apprentice and we are not told how he was selected to be Moses' apprentice, but Numbers 11 in the Old Testament, it tells us that ever since Joshua was a youth, he would assist Moses. Another highlight of Joshua's life in Numbers 13, just, just two chapters later, Joshua is one of the spies that Moses sends out to go scope out the promised land. So the promised land is the promise. That is the end game for the children of, of, of Israel. They need, to, um, they need to develop as a nation. And so Moses is like, Joshua, Caleb, and 10 other spies, I need you to go check out the land. I need you to go check out the soil, the enemies. We need to know what we are up against. Well, Joshua and Caleb came back and they were the only two out of 12 spies that were like, oh yeah, we got this. 
we can totally do this. The soil's great. We actually, Joshua, you already said that God said the, that, that the land is ours anyways. All we gotta do is be, be obedient. All we gotta do is just fight our battles and it's ours. So we got this. But the other 10 spies that weren't Joshua and Caleb were like, no way. We cannot take this land. Soil's bad. It's scary. There's like giants there. Like there's just no way we can do it. So there was a different spirit about Joshua, even, at a, even as Moses' apprentice. He believed God. He, he was willing to believe God and he trusted God. And God says, okay, Joshua and Caleb, those are the only ones who will survive this generation and make it into the promised land. And so Joshua actually follows Moses, which is a really tough job. Joshua was Moses' successor. Moses, again, is, he's the greatest leader Israel has ever seen. And Joshua knew for 40 years as he was Moses' apprentice that he was going to follow in Moses' footsteps. And all I can think of is just the anxiety and the fear that Joshua could have been experiencing, knowing that he would have to fill those shoes. I liken it to maybe on a smaller level, uh, on a micro level of, you know, Tom Brady, maybe the greatest quarterback to ever uh, throw the football. I always thought, man, what if Tom Brady re retires? Who is going to, you know, take that mantle? Um, do we even know if the New England Patriots have a backup quarterback? Did, did they ever need one? I don't even, I don't know his name, but I really feel, feel for him now because he's the man. Tom Brady's in Tampa and now the next man up. And I wonder what he's feeling right now. Maybe a little nervousness, maybe a little anxiety. Um, but that's what Joshua was feeling. He had to be Moses' successor. Um, I also liken it to like, you know, Abraham Lincoln, when he was assassinated, what did the next president feel like when that happened, when he saw his mentor die, you know? So Joshua had to follow Moses um, and he did. Moses died when Joshua was 89 years old, ready to retire, ready to cash in on his you know, social security or whatever. But no, even at an elderly age of 89, Joshua displays this courageous faith. And this is how Joshua was called. And we read it in chapter one of Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, 
so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? There's a common theme here, isn't there? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's it. So here's a common theme with all this. Joshua had to have been scared. He had to have been super afraid of, you know, taking the mantle from Moses because over and over, God is telling him, hey, Joshua, don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. I am with you. Moses dies. Joshua takes the torch. And I love that right after this passage that we just read, it says that Joshua went out and got the people ready. No hesitation whatsoever because courageous faith overcomes fear. That's our first point. Courageous faith overcomes fear. And so one of Joshua's first missions as leader in order to get into the promised land, Joshua had to lead the Israelites across the Jordan River. And this river was a raging river. Uh, It was in a specific season where the water was overflowing the banks and Joshua didn't have 20 or 30 people to like keep track of. He had like a million-ish people to keep track of. Like that is amazing. I remember eight years ago when I was hired on at a church in Cedar Rapids, I was hired on as youth slash worship pastor. So I've had several years of youth ministry under my belt. And I remember going on bus trips and missions trips and camps and having like 20 or 30 people under my authority, right? Like it was my responsibility to make sure that no one got snatched, no one got lost. Everyone was breathing when they woke up in the morning. So you could imagine, you know, a million-ish people for Joshua to, to kind of keep track of but courageous faith overcomes fear and they made it through the river. And the next story is Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. And my whole life, I have completely oversimplified the process of Joshua's victory at Jericho. It is so easy to oversimplify this. But when you take a look at the historical context and really what Jericho was, it was this fortified city with double walls surrounding the city. No one came in, no one came out. And Joshua's men didn't have bazookas. His army didn't have like, there weren't bombers in the air ready to like lay down missiles and just destroy the city. Joshua's men had rocks. But you know what? God told Joshua, I've already taken the city. And so imagine Joshua communicating that to his men. Like what, his men are probably like, oh, that's amazing. The city's already ours. We don't need any amazing weapon because God's just gonna fire down from heaven, just lightning and fire and just destroy the city. But that's not what happens at all. God tells Joshua and his army to walk. And so they walk. Joshua chapter six, now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. Now these two verses, they don't really 
go together for me at all. But this is a common theme, theme of God. This is, this is his heart. He calls into existence that which does not exist. We read that in Romans chapter four, verse 17. This is God talking about Abraham. It says, as, as, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. You know that God can, he is the only one that can speak in the past tense about a battle that you haven't even fought yet because he is the one who calls into existence that which does not exist. And he's already taken the land. And so we trust him, just like how Joshua and his army trusted him over what they could see with their physical eyes. And so they do. They walk around the city six times in six days. Most of us know this, right? And then on the seventh day, they walk around it seven times. And then God tells them to blow some trumpets and the walls will come tumbling down. And it happened. And this was a marker moment in Joshua's life because even after that, um, Joshua and his army, they defeated 31 more kings. And it's because of this, courageous faith moves forward. Here's the funny thing about God is that, man, especially now, since we're social distancing, sometimes I feel like I'm just going in circles. But the funny thing about God is like, we can be going in circles, but still moving forward. And um, because God's plan doesn't, it just doesn't live by our rules and courageous faith moves forward and trusts God to move our faith forward. The next highlight of Joshua's life, um, Joshua 10, it's the next story. Um, uh, he's, he's fighting the Amorites, okay? And this is a really fascinating story because the day is about to end. And in chapter 10 in Joshua, Joshua is kind of freaking out because previously he fought in a battle and he kind of dropped the ball. He disobeyed, he, he uh, didn't follow the rules, he didn't send the army in full force and he left the job undone and it really came back to bite him. So right now, right here, right now, as he's fighting the Amorites, he was not about to let that happen again, to not follow the Lord's instruction. But like, what do you do? Because literally the day is about to end and they needed more sunlight in order to defeat the enemy. So this is what Joshua does. Joshua chapter 10, verse 12. Sun stands still at Gibeon and the moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. And the sun stood still, literally, and it stayed in the sky for another half a day. Now, I read that prayer and that's just not something I would pray. Now, I may pray some like big, audacious prayers, like what Joshua just prayed right there. But more often than not, on the inside, I'm thinking, I got a backup plan if this doesn't pan out, you know? And, but Joshua never did that. He believed it and it happened. See, Joshua forgot why he was fighting in that battle that he failed before this, but he remembers now because courageous faith always remembers why. 
The reason that this prayer that Joshua gave matters so much is because Joshua knew exactly why he was fighting. They had to take the promised land. They could not wait another night. See, he forgot before, but he remembers now. Courageous faith remembers why. Courageous faith remembers why we do what we do, my friends. Courageous faith remembers why we even had faith in the first place. This is what I wanna do. I love this visual. Uh, It's not my visual, I didn't create it. I stole it from someone else, but that's okay. I'm gonna make it my own. I'm gonna take this visual right here and I wanna look at at the trajectory of Joshua's life right here. We see a call. We see Joshua's call. And for us, uh, you know, we read in Joshua chapter one, that was when Joshua was called, when God said, hey, you are the next man up. You are gonna lead my people into the promised land. So that was Joshua's call. Now, it would be so awesome if uh, Joshua, if, if we read in his story that he just kind of skipped on clouds and sparkles and butterflies and everything was so peaceful and he just made it into the promised land with his people. But unfortunately, I don't see that in Joshua's life. I don't see that in anybody's life, really. But what happens is this. There's a wilderness. Joshua was called and then immediately experienced the wilderness. I believe Joshua's wilderness was fear, um, waiting, pain, fear of failing, right? But then look what happened is that we see something, we see some successes in his life. We see the River Jordan, million people getting through it. We see Jericho, that was a success. We see the sun standing still, that's a huge success. That's kind of a mic drop of a success if you ask me. And look where it led him, it led him to his promise. Let's take a look at um, another person's life. What about Joseph? Joseph in Genesis, son of Jacob. Joseph in the coat of many colors, another Sunday school story. Um, Joseph was called when God gave him a dream. And the dream that God gave him basically was, you know, Joseph, it was foreshadowing just Joseph being the man. Being the man. Well, here's the problem with, with Joseph is uh, what happened, what brought him to his wilderness is Joseph decided to share his dream with his brothers and they did not like that. And they sold him into slavery, okay? And he spent, he was imprisoned. He was in slavery. That was his wilderness. He did have a blip here where he was kind of the man, but immediately just back into prison But then we see successes in his life and then he becomes pretty much the most important man in Egypt. That's Joseph. Um, What about uh, David? Okay, so David, the call I see in David's life is when he defeated Goliath. Okay, took down the giant. But then all you gotta do is open up your Bible and read the Psalms and you will feel David's pain. You will feel his worry, his stress, his turmoil, especially when he's trying to escape Saul and the spear and all that and and go into hiding. That was his wilderness. He also did some other things. 
um, a part of that wilderness that we won't get into, but, but then he becomes king of Israel. That was his promise. Um, what about Jesus? Jesus, I believe Jesus was called when he was a child, when, um, you know, people knew about Jesus, they heard about Jesus, but this is when Jesus was actually starting to do miracles and, and starting to do works as a child. But Jesus also had a wilderness and it was a literal wilderness where, you know, when he was baptized, the spirit of God came upon uh, his son, Jesus, and said, uh, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then immediately God sent them into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted. But then we see success in the gospels, his three years of ministry with miracles and healing and, and, and loving and forgiveness of sin and and. And then his promise was him putting himself on a cross for us. That was the end game. That was a promise. How about for me, Josh, J Mize, J Dog, Joshua, this, this guy. My call, I believe I was in high school and I was 17, year old, 17 years old when I believe God just spoke to my heart and said, you're gonna be a worship leader. And that was awesome. I wanted to so bad when I was 17, just skip over here to the promise of me leading worship. But what happened was I experienced a wilderness wilderness of my own of a lot of waiting, faithfully volunteering for several years as a worship leader, but nothing vocational. I spent five years in insurance, you guys. That was not my gig. I did a lot of waiting, but then this is what happened church plant in Fort Myers, Florida, worship pastor at a large church in Seattle, worship pastor at a church in Cedar Rapids, worship pastor here at Life Church. I don't know what the promise is, but I'm for sure enjoying enjoying what's happening right now. Um, So take some time because it's it's good to know just the trajectory of your life and, and where you're at. And that's Joshua's And I would say this, that Jesus, the reason he experienced the wilderness, he walked this road ahead of us so that he could say that, hey, there's nothing that you've gone through that I can't sympathize with. Bible says that he is a high priest that that sympathizes with our weaknesses. And he is the only one that can call into existence that which does not exist. And the Holy Spirit was with Jesus the whole time in the wilderness. And the Holy Spirit is with you in your wilderness. You were not alone. God is with us every step in the wilderness and God enjoys us and likes being with us. And let's say you're listening to this message and I'm talking a lot about wilderness and you're like, man, I don't, I don't feel like I'm really in a wilderness actually. And that's fine. But what if, what if you're experiencing just kind of the mundane right now, especially with what's happening in our world? God enjoys you in your mundane even still. And he wants you to enjoy his presence in the mundane. A couple summers ago, I like to tell the story because... Um, I don't know, it's just kind of funny. A couple summers ago, my three sons and I just decided out of the blue, we're gonna buy a pump, 
We're gonna dig a hole. I'm gonna build a filter. We're gonna make a waterfall, put some fish in it after we fill it with water. And so we just decided to dig a pond. Two summers ago, this is me and my three boys. Actually, what happened right here is we buried one of our fish from inside. His name was Big Boss. He was a garami. He was a great fish. And so we buried him in this pond before we filled it with water. But what I, what I tell people is that me and my three sons, we built this pond together. But really in actuality, what happened was it was me in a hole shoveling dirt for hours while they would watch and ask me a thousand questions. But you know what? Till the day I die, I will always say that my boys and I built this pond because we enjoyed each other. And God, and, and God enjoys you in the mundane and he wants you to enjoy his presence in the mundane. God's in your wilderness. God's in your mundane. And my friends, I've, I, I really feel this, that when we start to lose sight of this is when we start to lose hope. If we can go back to that diagram again with the call and the promise and the, I'm gonna get a little personal. Um, Last year, 2019, my wife and I felt called to financial freedom. When we first got married, we didn't make the best choices in our lives. We were keeping up with the Joneses, charging credit cards. That was 13, 14 years ago. And so we got ourselves in, in kind of a hole, but we took the Dave Ramsey financial peace class. We were so motivated, gazelle intense. We were called to financial freedom. But this is what happened. It wasn't straight to the promise. What happened was a month later, our cars broke down, both of them. Our AC unit goes out. Our plumbing is backed up. But you know what? We kept our eyes on the prize and we can taste it. We can, we, we, we can taste the freedom. We didn't charge anything. Um, we were still snowballing debt. We're keeping the main thing, the main thing. We, are not, we never stopped giving to the church. We never stopped giving to compassion. We never stopped giving to other things. Like we kept it the main thing. And now we can really feel the promise. And the reason why we haven't stopped is because God calls things into existence that do not exist. He's already taken the land. We know that what God has called us to, to, to is going to happen. Like we are confident in that and we have grown in that place. So that's my wife and I, like we feel like we are in a conquering place right now. But I know that for some of us, we don't all feel that conquering place. We don't always feel like we're going to battle and God's got our back and it's all good. I think a lot of us actually feel like, man, when is that wilderness gonna end? In Lamentations chapter three, there is this heart-wrenching portion of this chapter where the prophet Jeremiah, he expresses his torment in in his heart because during, it it was during one of the times in the nation of Israel where Jeremiah witnessed the fall of one of the kingdoms. And then he saw his family and friends just starving in the street. And this is what Jeremiah says in chapter three. He says, I've said to myself, this is it. I'm finished. God is a lost cause. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of the ashes, the poison I've swallowed. 
I'll remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the rock, hitting, hitting bottom. But there's one other thing I remember and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. He's all I've got left. Another translation says that the Lord is my portion. So shall I wait for him. See, Joshua was able to overcome his fear and move forward and have faith that the sun was going to stand still in the sky because he went through the fear. He went through the wilderness. He went through the waiting. He went through the bitterness. He went through the darkness. And it's in that wilderness, he watched an entire generation of his nation die. He watched his mentor die, Moses. But when it was over, he was able to say, man, the Lord is my portion. And so I will wait for him. Great is his faithfulness. So here's the question I have for you. And it's my last point. What a testimony that Joshua has. Joseph, David, Jeremiah. What just some amazing stories. Are you sharing what God is doing in your life? Because courageous faith shares of God's goodness. Parents, are you even sharing it at home with your children? I always have to ask myself this question as a parent. Is it starting at home? Like, am I, am I training my children? Because you know that I have to be reminded that Pastor Alex and her crew here at Life Church, they only do what's in addition to what should be happening in our households, you know? And so are we training our children? Are you sharing of God's goodness? Are you sharing stories of your own life with your own kids? You know, my kids are at an age right now where I can actually just be really raw with them, especially my 11, almost 12-year-old, and just say what's on my heart and really really just describe what I'm going through. And we've had just beautiful conversations come out of that. But are you sharing of God's goodness? Not even just with your family, but just the people around you. You know, Jesus said, go out into the world, share what I'm doing in your lives and introduce people to me. There is a lifestyle that I'm a student of that I'm trying to adopt in my life. And it's called the blessed lifestyle. And I have this language that I use. I have, and I've, and I've shared this with the staff before, but I have my one. It's my one. It's, it's that one person out of many that, that need to find their way back to God. But that can get really you know, stressful when you think about all those people that don't know Jesus. I boil it down to one person that I just grieve for, right? That I'm burdened for. And that's my one. And then I've adopted this, this, this acronym, this, this lifestyle called, called BLESS. And it's an acronym. So the B stands for begin with prayer. So maybe some of you are like, oh, I've never even thought of my one. Maybe you just pray about that. Start to pray about, you know, God, who is my one? Maybe you have your one. Maybe you have someone in your heart that you really wanna share the love of Jesus with, but you don't know how to approach it. You don't have any strategy. Well, that's why we begin with prayer. The next one, the L is listen. And it's simply that we listen. I know for a lot of us, it's so easy to listen only just to talk, but this is so simple. We just listen to listen. 
And the beautiful thing about listening is you actually get to hear the, their, their need. And so the next E is eat. Just eat with them. There is nothing more intimate than sitting across a table and breaking bread with someone, right? Or maybe it's even just going to coffee with someone, but it's that face-to-face encounter. It's developing that, relation, that, that, that relationship with that, with that other person. And then next is serve. So hopefully after listening and eating and developing a relationship, you're figuring out some needs and then you're able to just serve them out of the goodness of your heart and just show the love of Jesus out of your serving. And then the last S is this, is share your story. And this one, this one is a hard one for me. Um, some of it is fear, but, and then some of it is just dragging my feet. Some of it is, I haven't even really gotten that far with some people as far as this acronym goes. But sharing your story is paramount with this blessed model and you share the story of how you found your way back to God. You share your testimony. And hopefully that will set people free and uh, allow them to experience the love of God for themselves. Because if our ones, if they don't know God, what are they going to do when they need peace in their life? Where are they gonna go when they need comfort, when they need encouragement, when they need wisdom, when they need love? You know, Joshua is a type of Jesus, uh, which is really fun, which is fun. It's awesome because Joshua brought the people into God's rest, into the promised land. And you know what? Jesus is in the business of doing that each and every day, bringing people into his rest. And if you are watching this today and maybe you're telling yourself or you're saying to yourself, man, I don't think I've ever really made that decision to give my life to Jesus but I wanna surrender my life and I wanna, I wanna get plugged in and, and, and I wanna learn how to read the Bible and learn how to pray. And man, if that's you, all we do is we admit that we fall short, that we're sinners. And we believe that Jesus fulfilled that promise that, that we talked about. And he put himself on a cross and he took your sin with it, nailed that sin to the cross, but then rose again after three days so that now we can have life and live life to the fullest. And then we just call on his name. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I surrender my life. If that's you today, uh, will you, you can put it in the comments in YouTube or Facebook, or will you call one of us or reach out to the church, email any one of us. We would love to celebrate with you. Um, but this is how I wanna end is I just wanna give you two simple next steps today. And the first step is this, bless. I would encourage you to adopt this lifestyle. If you don't have an evangelism lifestyle that you're practicing, this one is working for me. Um, It's slow and a lot of this is slow, uh, but it's working. So figure out who your one is and then start to adopt the blessed lifestyle. And the second one is this, evaluate and share the trajectory of your life with your spouse with a friend or your life group. So talk about your call, talk about your wilderness, but also talk about your successes and what you think the promise is and encourage one another with that. Um, I wanna encourage you, we're gonna talk more about this message and about how we can live a life of courageous faith uh, with our midweek live. 
Wednesday at noon, I will be joining Pastor Marco as we continue this, this discussion. And that's all I have, but I really just wanna pray with you. And uh, so let's pray. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would do what you do best and that you, you dot the I's and you cross the T's and you fill in the gap of where I may have fallen short, God. Um, but I ask that you would help us to retain your word when we leave our screens, uh, that it wouldn't go in one ear and not the other, but it would kind of sit in our heart, God. God, help us in our wilderness. Help us to show courageous faith. Help us to overcome fear, to move forward and to remember why we have faith in the first place. God, give us a sense that you are with us in the wilderness. And God, help us to step out and to share of your goodness with our kids, with our family, with our neighbors, with our coworkers. God, give us the grace, give us the courage and the boldness to step out and to share of just how good you are. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. 